1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Welcome to the Cosmic Road Trip Podcast. A podcast about
0: all things spiritual, mystical, witchy, and woo-woo. Designed for the modern babe.
1: Each week, we will dive deep into the nitty-gritty of ancient energy systems and modern-day modalities.
0: This podcast is for the dreamers, visionaries, changemakers, and risk-takers. Life's too short to be boring, so be prepared for fresh opinions, taboo topics,
1: and unfiltered conversations. We created this podcast because we're obsessed with elevating and expanding our lives. We want to bring you along as we unearth helpful practices and topics that you can utilize to do the same.
0: So if you're ready for some fun, jump in, turn up the volume, and let your co-hosts, Brittany Donalds and Erin Munoz guide you through the universe.
1: Hi guys, happy Thursday. Hope you're having a good week so far. We have a special episode for you this week. It's a special guest and she's our first guest speaker.
0: Yeah, laurenmegan.co is her Instagram handle. Um, Her name's Lauren, but we were able to connect with her through Instagram, and we love everything that she's about. She um, has a big heart for helping women and mothers reconnect to their bodies, and um, just she has a really interesting perspective on... How to, like, reconnect with yourself
1: and become who you were meant to be. Yeah, she really goes deep into um, divine feminine leadership and kind of harnessing your feminine energy to use it um, for a more playful, joyful, abundant life. And we really enjoyed our conversation with her. We go over kind of a wide variety of topics. One thing to note: This was a Skype interview, so the audio isn't as um, ideal as normal. But the information is so valuable; I don't think you guys are going to mind. So,
0: yeah, she has so much amazing knowledge and such a wide, um, like, or a diverse background. She has; she's a Reiki master. She. Um, she does somatic yeah. healing.
1: She Akashic you,
0: somatic, I think, is what yeah, she Yeah, Akashic says.
1: records. Um, she does just a bunch of different stuff. So I love, like, you know, learning all of the things. So it was really exciting to be able to interview her. So right. we really enjoyed it. And um, this one, even if you're not a mother, there's still valuable pieces in there. Obviously, I'm not a mom, but um, Lauren and Erin go into detail about some of their experiences. with (laughs) It kind of trailed off a little bit. But but it's important. I think it's good for people to hear um, some of the experiences that they've had in hospitals or doctors um, and just not being given the, you know, sovereign choice to kind of do what's right for your body and feeling pressured. So I think it's good, even if it's not about, you know, pregnancy, there's going to be topics that we cover that are going to hit the nail on the head in a wide variety of things. Cause that can happen at any time that you have anything wrong with your body. So I think so. Yeah. Or not, not that has to be wrong, but listening to your body. So yeah.
0: yeah. Megan but. definitely um, kind of shows people how to like lead from pleasure and how going after your desires is okay. And women, I feel like have been made to think that what they want or what they desire is wrong. And So, yeah, even if you're not a mom, she definitely just has such a presence that makes you feel, like, empowered.
1: For sure. I think you guys are really going to like it. Um, Again, it's laurenmegan.co on Instagram. So definitely go check her out. She's amazing. I'm sure you could send her a DM if you have a question and any of that. And hopefully we'll have her back on because we could have talked for another two hours with her. But we think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Other than that, let us know and enjoy this recording. Thanks. Bye, guys. Okay, guys. Thanks for joining the podcast this week. We have our very first guest to the podcast. We have been excited about bringing on new experts, guides, coaches leaders you know people that are changing the way the world runs and we're really excited to have Lauren Valdez with us today she is a um sacred feminine coach is that how you would define yourself or what do you I know as an MG that we we know that you kind of can title yourself differently but what would you call yourself
3: um so right now I'm calling myself a sacred embodiment and leadership mentor. Oh so I love that. probably change in like a week No, just kidding. <laughs> um I think I've actually had that name for a while now. Um really, like encompasses everything that I do.
1: Awesome. Well, we want to thank you for coming on and for being our first guest. We really appreciate it. So welcome and To go ahead and get it started, could you tell us a little bit about your um, astrological makeup and your human design, if you know what that is?
3: Yeah, so I am a Gemini. My son's in Gemini. Um, I am a Cancer rising and then a Scorpio moon, which I'm very like flowy and um, emotional and I feel all the feels, which... I think helps me in my, in my business and in my work for sure. Um, and then like you said, I'm an MG, so I'm a three five MG with an emotional authority, which again, um, I'm, I'm just a person. <laughs> like I really had to own that. Um, I'm, I'm emotional. I'm moody. I'm somewhat intense. My Mars is in Aries, which like brings out this really intense fire. Um, and I always think it's really like, especially when we're talking about like business, um, and and like our life purpose. Um, my North Node is in Aquarius, so that like really explains the work that I do in like consciousness and embodiment and uh, like the spiritual teachings.
1: That's awesome. Well, as a Cancer rising and a three six emotional MG, I feel all of your feelings and. Aaron and I are definitely in our fields as well. So totally get that. <laughs> um, okay, well, why don't you tell us just a little background of kind of what brought you to being a um, sacred feminine coach, where you kind of started out and, you know, uh, a snapshot of how you got here.
3: Yeah, so, um, okay. So I, I started in the online space doing health and fitness coaching and working with an MLM. Um, and about three, I guess, yeah, it was about three years ago. Um, I got hired at the same time trying to run this business online, um, to be a flight attendant for a pretty big U.S. carrier. Um, and I started training in like March of 2018 and about four weeks into training, um, I found out that I was pregnant with my daughter. And I I basically decided to leave training a week later. A, because I was really like physically sick and B, because um, I couldn't really see myself like ha- having that flight attendant lifestyle and still raising a baby. Um, so I found myself, I, I was actually living in Denver at the time and I had decided that I was gonna move back to Florida cause all my family was here and they could really, you know, helped support me as I was transitioning into motherhood. Um, but while I was in Denver, I like found myself in a really like dark place. Um, and I couldn't like work out or numb myself, um, numb myself out, I guess you could say with, you know, working out and focusing on food and nutrition and all of those things. Um, so i dove really deep into my spiritual practices i actually picked up the book uh the universe has your back by gabby gabby bernstein and um i just like slowly started reading it and incorporating things in and doing the kundalini practice i didn't even know like what kundalini was at the time now i'm obsessed with kundalini but i just i started doing all these pieces And, um, I basically told my partner that I wasn't going to go back to work. I wanted to be home with the baby and, um, I wanted to, like, I was going to start a business and he basically was like, all right, let's see what you can do. Cause my health and fitness coaching, it was more so a hobby at the time. Mm -hmm. I never really like owned it, that I was a coach or an entrepreneur is just something like, oh, it's, it's fun. Right. So, um, he basically gave me a year and, um, yeah, I, I, coined myself like at the time I really, I called myself, I guess you should, you, I could say, a spirituality and manifestation coach. And, um, I decided at the same time as well to kind of, um, take my pregnancy and my birth into my own hands. So, as I was birthing this business, I was also really tapping into you know my system, especially when it comes to giving birth. And I decided to have a birth at a birthing center instead of in a hospital, which meant that it was going to be one hundred percent unmedicated. So, um, with that process, I feel like that was like a rebirth within itself. Um, and I went through thirty-two hours of labor very intense I stalled out for like eight hours at nine centimeters I don't know if you or do you guys have babies I do yeah
1: Yeah. I I am consciously not having children so I've made the choice yeah yeah no I have three boys though
0: yeah
3: oh wow um bless you that's so (laughs) medicated (laughs) um so, yeah, so I like stalled out at nine centimeters, which, you know, is like pretty intense. I had like very intense back labor and I was in the water and my midwife came up to me and she was like, hey, like you're fighting your baby. Um, you're fighting your contractions. And I really was like I I was I was just so over it that I was just like I just like cut the baby out of me. Like I was just like send me to the hospital and just get this baby out of me and In that moment, I like leaned back in the water and I was essentially floating and I like saw of the corner of my eye just like as you do like Jesus, Mother Mary and um, what I saw as God and I started connecting to them. And the divine energies, and then I connected to Elliot, my daughter, and I was just like, all right, like I'm ready like we're gonna like I'm gonna birth you now, like you're gonna come out so that was really like a huge lesson in surrendering and something that I cultivate now in my business, and then everything that I do is this aspect of it's really not like about me, it's really not like it's it's out of Although I have great power, um, I also have, you know, divinity within me. So um, from that point, I really like owns um, my spiritual gifts and, you know, entrepreneurship within itself is a roller coaster. There's definitely highs and lows. But that first year of being a mom and really being an entrepreneur and a coach and a mentor, um, I learned how to connect to my body and I learned how to um, empower myself and just trust myself. So what I do now is, um, an MG, like Gemini fashion, it's like a lot of things. And one, it's so hard to explain exactly what I do, but, um, I'm a Reiki master. I'm also certified in somatic trauma healing. So really understanding how trauma stored in the body and then being able to access it and release it. Um, and then I, um, I also read the Akashic records um, and connect into the quantum field for healing. And I am an open channel. So I use my psychic and intuitive gifts to work with my clients and guide my clients. And um, I work with moms, I work with business owners, I work with, you know, women who choose not to have kids and all like all of it. I really do. I don't really niche down in that way. Um, I just niche in the fact where I work with women who want to, you know, really step into their power, make conscious global impact and lead a life from um, play, pleasure and purpose. So,
1: yeah. I just feel like it, I know that we have like a lot of the same like astrological makeup. Like I have a Gemini moon and um, I know I said I was a cancer rising, but just the fact of like everything that you hit on is so Uh, And I'm a three, three, six. So that kind of like trial and error and finding what feels good and, you know, what makes us and and you, you know, great coaches is that we do try everything so we can figure out for the collective what works and doesn't work to kind of quantum leap and time collapse for other people so they don't have to waste their time. So I just love hearing all of that. It's reaffirming for myself, (laughs) but um, I also love two things that you guys kind of both said, was talking about unmedicated versus natural births and again I'm not having kids but I always find it kind of frustrating for people that either you know for whatever reason need to have a medicated birth or need to have a c-section for whatever reason so I really appreciate both of you guys saying that because I'm sure it's a a trigger for a lot of people
3: Yeah, yeah definitely I think like every, I mean, every birth is natural, right? Like it's your body's process. I think, um, and Erin, like, I would love to know your thoughts on this. Um, I think the patriarchy
2: <laughs>
3: and Western medicine disempowers women when it comes to to birth. And for example, like when I was out in Denver and I was going to a midwife, it was a very like Western medical midwife and she she basically told me and she's like you're never going to be able to have birth outside of a hospital and there's nothing like I had no pre-existing conditions there's nothing wrong with the baby there's nothing wrong with me and she was just like flat out like you're not going to be able to like have a birth outside of the hospital you need to be in a hospital and I just don't really like hospitals. So I was just like, I don't really want to like birth the baby in a hospital. Um, so then when I came out to to Tampa, like I, I found a midwife center and from that space, like I, I mean, my daughter has never even been to a hospital. Like she's never, she's only gone to checkups and, um, I just, I've taken, I, I, ch- I chose, and, and this doesn't make me like better than anyone else or, To be put on a pedestal or anything like that, I I really had to find that power within me, and also like that sacred wisdom that we hold as women. You know, our bodies know know the way, and I think that if we can empower women to trust that, then they can actually decide what birthing experience is best for them. And Mm. for me, it was unmedicated. For me, you know, although it was very intense and hard, I. I would do it again, although like right after <laughs> right after I was like never ever going through that again, um, but i would I would do it again, and i i did i I felt every part of her entering this world, um and I think that that's why I have like such a deep connection with her now, where you know she's turning two this week, and we really are like we're we're super close, and we're you know. We have a beautiful relationship, and I think that again, it's something consciously that I chose, and I think it's something that a lot of women are stepping into now, where um, we get to choose how we want to bring babies into this world and what we want to do to our bodies and how we want to treat them. So, um yeah. kind of like an "f" you to the patriarchy, honestly. <laughs> like that's how I
0: see it. Um, I agree. Um, I I would have loved to have like an experience out of a hospital but since we live in a small town that's all we have is a hospital and my first son he was born I was really young when I had him I was still in high school and it was very much so like I felt like I had to make certain choices because of what my doctor was pressuring me to do or feel and what my parents were kind of like thought the stereotypical like well this is what everyone does now so this is what you should do and I already felt like there were so many things that I didn't have control over that I was like okay but like I'm this kid's mom like it's my body and I want to do what I want to do so um when I was in labor my plan like I had talked to my doctor and he actually had tried to convince me to have a c-section And, like, I was perfectly healthy. He told me that's, like, that was what young, like, women were doing now. And it was – he tried to make it sound trendy almost. And he was, like, the scar is super low and it's so tiny. You can barely see it after you heal. And I was just, like, why would you try to convince me to not do what my body is supposed to be doing? And, like, I was – super healthy like there was never anything wrong my pregnancy was so easy and I always felt good and it was just like oh my gosh like is this what you tell people like so just knowing that that they expect you to do what they think you should do was really annoying and really stressful um but then when I went into labor I told him I was like I don't want any drugs unless I'm dying like I want to do this as naturally as I can. And it ended up like it was going pretty fast. I ended up kind of stalling out when my contractions were, I was between a seven and an eight, I think. And they were just five minutes apart consistently. Everything had gone so quickly. And then all of a sudden it was just like nothing was making them come closer together. So it was about two hours and I'm really lucky because all of my labors were pretty quick. So I feel for you with the, with all of the hours of torture that you went through to get your baby out. But, um, I, I was just like, okay, I felt like I was doing so good. Like everything was awesome. And then my body just kind of stopped and I was like, okay, so now what? And My doctor and my parents basically like pressured me into getting an epidural because they were like, well, see, it's going to go a lot longer than you think it is. And you're going to be in a lot of pain and you need to get a lot of rest because it's going to be so hard on your body. And I was just like, well, okay. And I ended up, they tried to give me an epidural. Well, it didn't work. Like I could still feel everything. I had no idea what an epidural was actually supposed to do. Um, I just thought it was going to help, but I was still getting up and walking back and forth to the bathroom, like every five minutes and it wore off probably in, I'd say the next two hours, whatever I had, cause it would just dull, it dulled my contractions. Yeah. And I had this horrible nurse and she didn't want to help me. I had to keep going pee. And she was just like, I'm going to show you how to unhook this stuff. So, so me and my mom could unhook everything, go to the bathroom, plug everything back in without needing anyone's help. And just having to do that, I feel like empowered me to take my like labor and my birth for my next two babies into my hands and just be like, I don't care what the nurses think. I don't care what my doctor thinks. I don't care, you know, what anyone else says because it's my body. Um, So it was really crazy. But by the end he came out and I could feel everything. Like I, I was going to the bathroom and I was like, mom, I feel like I have to push, like make the nurse come back in here because she wouldn't come check me. And finally, she ended up coming in after my mom was like harassing her pretty much. I thought you were going and somewhere else. I thought you were going to say the baby was born in the toilet. No, <laughs> I thought he was going to be, though. I was just like, I'm like, this is not okay. And so finally, she comes in and check. Well, she was like, this is going to, this is to, TMI maybe, but she was like, when it's time to push, you'll feel like you have to make a bowel movement. Yeah. And, and, I was like, well, I did that 20 minutes ago in the bathroom. (laughs) That's why I was afraid my baby was going to come out. (laughs) So um, she was just like, oh, and she went to check me. Well, his head was already down. Like he was crowning and my doctor wasn't there. That was one reason why I feel like he pressured me to get an epidural because he left the hospital. And it was just I was so infuriated um, and felt like no matter what. I I did all of these things that I felt pressured to do and it still didn't go the way that, that they wanted, that um, it was ultimately like me doing all of the work. So I needed to own that. And um, it was me and my boyfriend, the baby's dad at the time. And we were just kids in there by ourselves with these nurses that were like freaked out because they were having to deliver the baby. And the doctor walks in and then, Right. <laughs> literally caught him as he came out. That's so crazy! It was it was nuts, but it definitely helped me to see, like you know, like I said before, how I need to, how women need to own their experience, and they need to make whatever choices that they know that they should be making. Um, yeah, because because it's such a sacred thing, and it's you don't want to like be disappointed in the end or feel like you took that experience away from yourself, no matter how it ends up going. Like, even if you have a C-section, I think that that should be your choice and you should do it because you know that's what is best for you and your baby or, you know, not because anyone pressures you to do it.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Obviously I haven't had any of that, but I think (laughs) all of our choices should come because it feels right. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely, I agree with you completely on the,
0: shattering the patriarchy is a great way to say it yes and I definitely think our society and western medicine, it pressures women into thinking that if there's something wrong with us like you shouldn't meditate you should take and people look at you crazy if you reach out to spiritual practices instead of drugs but yeah
3: <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> no for sure no, it's so true, and it's um I think it's something that's like definitely shifting right now um and and I think that as like we're entering into the age of the age of aquarius like that that's what we're seeing is we're seeing um we're seeing women become empowered, and we're seeing women show up in leadership roles, and we're seeing women um trust themselves, which I think that for so long um we've been disconnected from. And I'm, I'm a really big, like, I, I love studying Mary Magdalene. I don't know if you guys have dove into that in your spiritual practices. Um, but I was raised Catholic. So, so that was like a huge, another part that I had to like decondition what, especially in like the spiritual community was that, you know, I was raised thinking that only men were worthy of, you know, being priests or altar boys or all of these things. And, when I started studying Mary Magdalene and her relationship with Jesus and how, you know, the mysticism that was left out of the Bible and the woman that was left out of the Bible, that really began to heal me as well because um, divinity is created through the woman, right? Like God, God's conscious energy, uh, but the divinity is feminine. um, And that's how creation happens. You need both parts. So, I think it's shifting, and it shifts in so many ways for so many people. Where it's interesting because I I see it a lot is like the first step is always, at least from my perspective, is really like women understanding their bodies more than anything. Right? Like I work with women who they've never looked at their vulva, they like Mm -hmm. have never touched on there, and they've never like they're they're just so like we're conditioned to be so disconnected, and there's so much shame that comes from even exploring our body or even, like, honoring our body, um, and, like, same thing with, like, birth, it, it, there's so much shame around, like, if you've had a birthing experience one way, like, there's shame that's created, like, even before I went into birth, I went to, like, TJ Maxx or Marshalls, and I was, like, super pregnant, and the lady at the register like she was definitely sent by God or something but to test me (laughs) she she um she like asked me how far along I was and when I was due and I was like I'm due in like a week and she asked where I was giving birth which is probably like kind of an invasion of privacy I probably should have been like what like why do you care um but I told her that I was going to give birth at this birthing center and she like with her unsolicited opinions and advice was like, that's a terrible birthing center. You're going to have an awful experience. And I'm just like, okay, I'm literally 40 weeks pregnant and you are telling me how my birthing experience is going to go. Um, but that happens a lot with like all spiritual practices is like, and that's where discernment comes into play. And just like trusting our own knowing and our own power and like our own divinity, especially as women. So I do think it's shifting. Um, I think women are getting loud and we're like being willing to take up space right now, which is really like, it's really, can I cuss on your podcast? Oh yes. Oh yes. I say, I say fuck like all the time, but it's really fucking cool to see because that's like, that's what's shifting and that's what's happening right now is women. Women are, are taking up space and that's what's needed.
1: Yeah, for sure. I would, I completely agree. I I work with a lot of women just even on kind of confidence and their own empowerment, um, as a coach. And it's just so crazy how prevalent it is from, you know, you know, some clients will come for something else, but it will end up coming down to like self-worth. Yeah. Their (laughs) self-worth empowerment and confidence to kind of stand. And like you said, take up space. It's, It's a huge thing for sure.
3: Yeah. Um, And it goes so deep, like the witch wound. It's so deep. And Mm -hmm. it's so embedded in us. And when I do like somatic work, I I work a lot with like the sacral. Um, and, And as women, like we store seven generations worth of trauma in our mother's lineage. That's a lot of women that we have to heal for like for ourselves. And a lot of times what we're healing and the wounds that we're facing, they're really not even ours. They're like conditioned beliefs and patterns, um, that we get to rewrite. And I was terrified to have a little girl. I'm not like, I cried. I bawled my eyes out. I figured out I was having a little girl. Aww. And at the same time, it was like the best gift ever because, um, you know, I really had to heal like a lot of these wounds and.
1: Um, yeah, so, yeah, well, no, I mean, I think that that's all super important. Um, well, what are some of the tips or, you know, techniques, obviously you talked about somatic healing or Reiki, um, or even, you know, I'm super intrigued about the Akashic records as well. Are there any kind of tips or channeled messages that you've received to help women to start, you know, healing those wounds or, you know, breaking that generational trauma so it doesn't continue to get passed down?
3: Yeah. So um, this is actually really funny. This message um, channeled in actually this morning, and it was really all about like our desires. And I talk a lot about desires um, because as women, like, we're so programmed to. Stop ourselves from like owning or uh fulfilling them, right, and like desires gets coined out like kind of like this negative word like I remember when I first started playing with my desires and what I wanted and how I wanted to receive and how I wanted to feel um i I felt like a lot of shame around it i i i don't I don't know it was just like this disconnection from what I wanted and what I was receiving. Um, So this morning I was, I was sitting in meditation, like that idea of desires came through and just the fact that, you know, we get to receive in whichever way we choose to, and it gets to feel really good. And we get to want things to be easy. We get to want more for our lives. Um, And, and the key there, and really a lot of the work that I do is with all the practices, with the caught from, it's cool. Cause like the Akashics are kind of like the fifth dimensional, like, you know, you're going into the astral planes. I go in through the quantum. That's how I was taught through one of my mentors is to go into the quantum field and then it, uh, connect to the Akashic records. Um, but the basis of what I teach my clients is to ground into safety. And to hold themselves, and to give themselves whatever it was that they never received. So whether that's like a missed experience. Um, whether it's someone validating their feelings or their emotions, whatever that is, um, and creating a safety within the body, connecting to the body. And then from that space, feeling safe and secure enough to fulfill your own desires. And, and we get to meet our own needs and that's really hard for women to step into because we look for everyone else to meet our needs and we actually can fulfill our own needs in whichever way that looks like. And from that space, then we cre- can create healthy relationships as opposed to like very codependent or toxic relationships, which is like something I can dive into. But that's a lot of what's happening right now in the coaching space where it's a lot of like codependent coaching relationships. Um, that's like a whole other topic of
1: conversation, I
2: feel
3: like. Um But yeah, like that idea of desires and just being able to hold yourself in desires and to say, this is what I want. This is what I'm creating. This is what I get to have. And I'm safe to do it all, you know?
1: Yeah, I feel like the word desire almost has this kind of, I don't know, when I first started getting into it, it almost felt like this kind of sinful type uh, like a sinning I don't know. like it's a dirty word yeah like desires like associated with lust and you know like lust isn't like amplified to be this good thing and so when you start talking about desires it can feel uncomfortable especially if you do come from a religious background because it almost is like you know the desires of the heart aren't what you're necessarily supposed to be going to you have to live this um very kind of black and white kind of holier path in my opinion is how it kind of can feel portrayed and that was the growth that I went through when I had to kind of get to the point and now I own like everything that I want, like I have no problem talking about what I'm wanting, what I'm calling in, what I'm desiring, like you know any of those kind of things so i it was a definitely an evolution for me.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It is. It's so connected to sin. Like, it's so connected to um, being wrong. And it's funny, like, a download that just came in was, I don't know, like, where in the Bible this is. But I saw it recently. Um, Jesus basically said, I think it was Jesus, who um, basically said, like, if you're tempted by a woman, cover your eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm instead of in like growing up, going to Catholic schools, like we had to cover our bodies. Like I wasn't allowed to even like express myself in the clothing that I wore, how it like showed up. Right. And like, I had to decondition, a lot of that, mm-hmm. um, because it, I'm going to like, it's really not my fault. If you think I'm like, if I turn you on, cool not my responsibility like it's not my responsibility that you're offended by what I wear or how I act or how I show up or any of that if I'm in my power if I'm in my truth and I I'm in I'm allowed to feel sexy I'm allowed to feel um big right like to take up space I'm allowed to speak my truth I'm allowed to be bitchy sometimes I'm allowed to be moody I'm allowed to be emotional I'm allowed to be like why like whatever it is like whatever archetype you choose to step into in that moment and what's fascinating about women is like we shift all the time like within our own moon cycles we go through all of these phases so every like every week essentially and I love working with my clients with this because they're like I'm supposed to like be staying on the schedule and you know doing this morning practice and I'm just like the divine feminine, like, she doesn't want, like, she doesn't want structure like that. Like, yes, the structure serves her so that she can feel safe, but what lights you up one day is not going to light you up the next. And that's, what's really beautiful about being a woman because we're always shifting and changing and evolving and it's, it's our gift. And it's a gift that we get to give to the world,
1: you know? Yes. I I
3: completely
1: agree. Yeah. Um, well, I, I know I wanted to kind of touch on because this was something that I'm constantly working on um is tapping more into fun and play to be able to receive more to be more successful to receive more money kind of um you know something I struggle with I always thought I was in my feminine because I am overly emotional but I realized I was very in my masculine when it came to um, doing, following stuff, like creating as far as, you know, a, a job or a, you know, trying to make something happen or forcing it, working more, doing more. Um, and I finally kind of came to the realization and I think we talk about it a little bit on our podcast. It'll come out this week. Yours will come out next week, but, um, talking about kind of that feminine and masculine energy. Can you talk more about tapping more into play to, to receive more?
3: Yeah. So, um, <laughs> it's always so funny because we're conditioned to be like in our masculine. So like our brain, our left brain is basically like, okay, temp- give me the the process to tap into the feminine. Like give me that like 10 step solution. And I'm going to be honest, the the biggest thing that shifted for me was learning how to connect to my body because the feminine lives in the body. She's that Shakti energy stored at the base of our spine. And the key is learning how to activate that and accessing it and then letting that that lead you, right? instead of like kind of like with human design, like that's like a foundational principle is you don't make decisions from the headspace. Like none of our decision making processes come from the headspace. It's always something in the body that that helps us make decisions, right? So, um, that's like the biggest thing is being able to access your body and to feel whatever play looks like for you. Right. Um,
1: the puppy <laughs> yeah, The is making noise in the background. He's chewing on a, a bone. So okay, go on. You're fine. You're fine.
3: <laughs> Um, so play looks different for everyone, right? It's really like is gonna, gonna kind of bring you back into your own alignment. So for me yesterday, I was definitely feeling, um, I was feeling disconnected, right? I was feeling the new moon in Scorpio and I, I'm not going to lie, like Elliot's about to turn to my daughter and like, that's, that's kind of, I don't know if you went through this, Erin, and maybe it shifts like as your kids get older, but i'm just like so i'm kind of like amazed that i've made it through motherhood at this point i'm just like i've like made it 2 years that's pretty cool so as i'm like celebrating her her birth and her being earthside and all of that all of that stuff i'm also like kind of like reflecting back on these past two years of motherhood, and <laughs> these past two years of motherhood and kind of like grieving like those first two years. So yesterday I literally, I got a blanket and I told my partner, I was just like, Hey, I'm going to go to the water and I'm just like going to be, and I literally just like laid, I pulled out a blanket and I just laid in the grass and I didn't do anything. I didn't look at my phone. I didn't read. I think I journaled a little bit, but I literally like just looked up at the clouds and the sky and like that's an aspect of play. Right. Like just being able to surrender to yourself. Um, play looks different for everyone. When I lived out in Denver, like play very much looked like going out into the mountains and just connecting to Earth that way. Right. Um, I love dance and like that movement of the hips. I think it helps release and activate, uh, that Shakti energy, that divine feminine energy. Um, so it's really just like connecting to yourself and like tapping into your body, closing your eyes for a moment I'm just saying, okay, like what's going to light me up right now? Like what's going to feel good and letting that lead you. And it looks different for everyone. Like sometimes my play is like having one too many mimosas or like going out and drinking margaritas with girl. It looks different all the time. And I think that that's um, what's really beautiful, but it's removing like the shame Number one, like any shame associated with play, any shame associated with like releasing and relaxing, and then also just just letting yourself be without expectations because I used to like just be like I used to like play to receive with the expectation that because I did this, I would then receive like the client or have like a sold out launch, and what I realized was that's still being to do, right. And it's really, yeah, so it's, like, connecting in and being, like, I just get to be right now without any expectations, without any outcome associated to it. Like, I'm just going to be and just witness what happens from that space, right? Like, take that observer perspective and be, like, oh, interesting, right? Like, this feels good just because it feels good, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that's probably something I need to, to get better at It's not, like... <laughs> Um, you know just being which I actually did a little bit yesterday I had a very like relaxing Sunday and um, I you know ate my favorite <laughs> ate my favorite foods and I um, caught up on a lot of my shows that I was kind of putting off because I was like I'm so busy and I don't I know people like have this love hate relationship with TV I'm totally fine I love TV like I enjoy it I don't like I It's just something I like. And when I say TV, nine times out of ten, yes, it's, like, reality TV. But I just...
3: I love reality TV. And I, like, fought it for so... That's the Gemini in you. Yeah. I love reality TV. And I know it's, like, toxic or whatever. But I, like, vibe off of it. Like, my... Like, this past year, when quarantine first started, I definitely watched every season of Vanderpump Rules. And, like, I got into The Bachelor... And now I'm watching Bachelor, Bachelorette and I'm just like, this is, cur- like, this is, it's just so good. And also it's beautiful for our work because we get to witness people in their element and like, I'm just like, oh, trauma response, you're toxic, you have codependent tendencies. So I, I don't know. It's just fun. I, I love reality TV. And also I have a soft spot for like, like high school dramas. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. <Yeah. No. laughs> Right there with you. And I kind of decided and made this like little like shift in my head, because like you said, a lot of people say it's toxic. A lot of people, and for some people, it could be triggering or um, could cause comparison issues and, you know, things of that nature. And so you have to kind of identify if that's an issue for yourself. For me, I almost use it more as a, like, this will sound kind of silly, but it kind of clicked for me. Like, do you know the law of oneness for like, you know, if possible for somebody else, it's possible for me. When you see these, like a lot of the reality is television is very rich people or people in like a fun area or having a lifestyle that like maybe most
0: people want or that I'm
1: interested in and kind of seeing that like people can have that kind of a lifestyle and their life doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be this like, super like smart, creative, like driven person, or you can have messy relationships or, you know, go through a divorce or do any of those kind of things and still be able to call in, you know, mass amounts of wealth or amazing vacations or whatever. And I kind of like to use it that I'm like, they're not perfect and they get to experience all of that. I can too kind of ideal or idea is what I feel behind it. So that's where I made my shift. And now I'm completely fine admitting I like reality television.
3: <laughs> yeah. I think it's good. It's juicy. It's just, it's fun. It takes you out of like the every day and that's okay. You know, do I watch it like 24 four seven? Absolutely not. Do I also like balance it with books and podcasts and those pieces yeah for sure you know and and that's the key is like creating space for for you to be human and also divine without like the shame associated to it
1: yes I completely agree so I definitely had shame around it for a long time and now I just own it but I hadn't watched any of my shows in like weeks and yesterday was just a perfect little like eating my like veggie lo mein and I had a vegan ice cream sandwich and I watched my shows and like just lived my best life so yesterday that was my best life and I loved it so yeah. yeah um well I wanted to ask um what can you talk a little bit more about the Akashic Records I had like a mini reading one time and I'm just I tried, I took a training on accessing it myself and I couldn't do it consistently, I guess. So, and I'm not asking you to tell me how you, you do it or anything like that, but can, I don't think a lot of people know about the Akashic Records. Could you explain yeah. a little bit about what those are? And Yeah, that's definitely something we haven't talked about yet yeah. on the podcast. So. Yeah.
3: yeah, so the Akashic Records are, it's basically... Um, an energetic like it's the way I see it is like it's an energetic living breathing organism that stores all information for anyone right so um it it stores information for for people for deities for gods goddesses um for uh nations for planets like it stores information for basically the whole collective not just like the earth's collective right um and the way that i access it is actually through the heart center into the quantum field so i the way i perceive it and see it and also how how i was like mentored and guided in was to connect into the heart space um because it's our largest like energetic um, not energetic frequency, but it's the largest electromagnetic field in our body, right? So to connect into there, to connect to oneness, love energy, and then to go into the quantum field and access the Kaushik records from that space. The key is, and I think that this is probably like where you got tripped up and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but everyone's going to receive information and downloads differently from the Akashic records. So like for me, I'm an open channel. So sometimes I see things sometimes it's like a deep knowing, sometimes it's a felt sense, sometimes it's like colors or like, it's actually really cool. Cause I, I really do. Like I see the energetic entanglements um, that are happening or I'll see you know the the patterns associated to like whatever the, the uh, issue or problem is or connection is right um, and from that space you can go in and really it's just a decision to heal that pattern right because that's a lot of what it is like let's say we're talking about abundance and you're wanting to get to Um, 10k months right and there's a block there and you're like I keep like you know showing up I'm doing all the things I've tapped into my feminine and it's hard for you to connect into a 10k month you can go in and see you know, just asking the question like, where, where's the pattern? What's where is this coming from? And then from that space, based on the information that's downloaded in, you can begin to change it and shift it. And then Akashic records are healing within itself, right? And just being in that frequency will heal you and shift you. Um, so it's really like effortless. It's just like Reiki where it's like the practitioner isn't really doing much of anything except for being open to receiving. And it's the same thing with Akashic Records. When you tap in, everyone has the ability to tap into the Akashic Records. Everyone will do it differently. Some people see gatekeepers when you enter in. um, Some people have like a prayer that you go through um it it all looks different I don't think anything's wrong right like I've heard I was watching a a Gaia special and she saw like the Akashic records on the first dimension and other people will say it's like on the ninth or twelfth dimension right so it looks different for everyone which is honestly I think really cool there's no like right or wrong way and who's to really say right yeah um So so I think like once we're able to remove that, that it has to look a certain way or feel a certain way or be a certain way, um, we can really open ourselves just to receiving the information. And I usually connect into the Akashic Records um, every morning, along with like my self Reiki healing and just like my own like morning practice. Um, just for the sake of being in there and then throughout the day, since I'm already connected, the information will come in. So I'll be on client sessions or recording podcasts and I'm just open to it, right? Like whatever needs to flow in, I know that I'm receptive to energy and that it will come through me and I'll share it in like the right way or the most divine way. So it's really cool with a lot of my clients because a lot of them are business owners or, you know, in the online space, either with coaching or healing or, or whatever it is that I can help guide them into their next steps and help release their patterns. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how I see the Akashic records. I think right now it's like, I don't know. It's like, there's this, there's this notion that only certain people can go into it. And I think that, that disempower, again, it like disempowers people. We're really like, we all have access to go into the Akashic records and um, it's not scary. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's just this living energy and it's actually really high frequency. So it's healing in general just to be there. Um, And that kind of helps people pull the power in. So yeah.
1: No, that's good to know. I mean, you were talking about how people see it. I am very clear cognizant, like, you know, I'll just know something without having any sort of reasoning or logic. I don't usually um, see anything, hear anything, you know, but, um and maybe I was, now that it just kind of like hit me that. Maybe I was accessing it and then later on in the day when I would know something or the next day or whatever, it was actually just a download from the records that I, because I had been in there and was open to receiving it. But because it didn't happen right at that moment, I felt maybe I wasn't connecting, but it could just be that I was getting it, like you said, connected to the frequency later on it, and it comes in that way. Yeah, because the energy doesn't
3: know time or space. Yeah. So like your like human side is like, I need it during this session. Like I need to receive that information right now. And you don't really need to. Like you're you're work there's no time or space when it comes to tapping into any energy, like any energetic frequency. So it's removing that and just saying, like, hey, I'm open to it. And then what I do at the end of the night just so like for my own protection is I close down my chakras so that I'm like, you know, not receiving anything that I don't really want to receive. Um, which I think is really important too, especially when you're working with energies. For sure. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. Awesome. So you being able to tap into all of
0: these things so freely, like like you having Ricky healing and just being so like well-versed, is there any like go-to thing that when you are doing, um, a coaching, like, I guess when you're coaching a client and you're doing healing or something like that, I guess that's, I'm more into like the healing side of things because I totally feel like that's my calling kind of is, is helping people heal. I'm, um, a cosmetologist, so I do hair and makeup and I already feel like my work by, like, being able to touch people physically. Um, My goal is to help them feel better and beautiful and just, like, more powerful and things like that. And Brittany definitely, like, is into manifestation and calling in, you know, things like that and just empowering people to be able to tap into, like, their power that way. So... Is there I mean, obviously there's probably not a like one size fits all, but since you have such a like well-versed like like toolbox yeah. I guess of of resources or like exercises, what would you what do you typically do with like when you start working with a client? What does um like some of the some of your like go-to exercises look like or? Just so our listeners can kind of know, like if they, if they were to start working with you, sorry, my voice, (laughs) (laughs) then, then what can they expect?
3: Yeah. So I think I'm known for going into the body. Like if there's one thing that I do is I pull people back into their body um, and I see like whatever resistance is coming up and I get them like familiar with knowing their own body sensations And where the resistance is or, you know, whatever's happening there. So I usually invite them in, have them close their eyes and just sense what's coming up and then letting them sit with that. And then through sitting with that, they can alchemize it and they can move through that energy. Um, And again, it happens like very naturally. I mean, I do work with clients where they like are very resistant and very disconnected. Um, from their body. So it takes like a few sessions, but it's actually really cool because I had a client who she fought me so much on this work and she, every time like I would invite her to go in, she was like, I don't want to. So I had to <laughs> create the safety for her to go in, right? And that safe container as a practitioner and just honoring her through that and just like helping her notice like how hard is that to not want to be in your body? Like how, how tough is that, right? And just seeing her in it and holding her in it and this past week I took her through a a session and her body guided her like she just started swaying and moving and she didn't resist it she didn't fight it she just let herself be in it and that was like a huge celebration because I'm like a few months ago you would have never done that like you would have never trusted yourself um So, yeah, I think that that's like the biggest thing that I do is I pull people back into their body. And that's the somatic experience is really accessing the information that's stored there. Because, like I said in the beginning, you know, as women, we store up to seven generations worth of trauma in our body. And that's a lot of the worthiness, the shame, the feeling small, the not being able to speak, all of that stuff stored as women. And we now have, I think, the tools to assess it. And I think so many women are realizing like this, th- this isn't even mine. Like I'm afraid to speak or I'm in like these toxic patterns because of something that like my mother did or grandmother did or, you know, whatever that is. So, um, yeah, that's like, that's what's coming through to me. is just the biggest thing is like accessing the body and connecting from that space. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's awesome. Um, well, before we kind of tell people how they can work with you and maybe mention your, um, new, course or new um offering is there anything that you you know that we didn't talk about or anything that's coming through that you want want the audience to know um anything of that nature
3: um i think the biggest thing is just you know as women we we're put into boxes and i think our power comes from releasing ourselves from those boxes uh, like those boxes and really being able to access like our own power to really let pleasure and our desires lead us and to realize that we all have innate gifts and our own like abilities and like we don't have to stay small like we never have to stay small especially now more than ever like as we're entering into the age of Aquarius and you know we've witnessed 2020 I want to say, like, thankfully it's come to an end, but also, like, my, like, psychic knowing is, like, buckle up, bitches, because it's about to go <laughs> over here. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you you're you only have authority over yourself, and your only responsibility is to yourself, and that includes women with children. Your only responsibility is yourself, and from that space you can show up as a better mom, a better partner, a better coach a mentor, whatever it is. So continue to do the healing, continue to show up for yourself, continue to, you know, do the work, make the investments and see what happens. Like see what changes in your life and just like, get curious about that. Get curious of what gets to be. So, um, yeah, that's what just downloaded (laughs) But We're definitely all about
0: like raising the collective frequency and, and, Kind of empowering everybody especially women to just realize that they have such an effect on on the world by vibrating at a higher frequency so
1: we love that yes we, we love everything that you're about yeah um well and before you talk about your offering I know we taught the audience doesn't know but we talked before this and got cut off and had to restart our call <laughs> and so your offering is for mothers that you do work with people that just anybody that identifies as female I'm, I'm guessing is, or do you have a certain target audience that you look for?
3: Um, so the embodied mother, the course that you're talking about, that's actually closed right now. I'm running the first round right now. Oh, um, I'll reopen it in 2021. Um, right now, like just kind of uh, ending out the year. I only have space available for one-on-one coaching and i um, I'm also hosting my first retreat in January. So that's going to be like, it's a two-day retreat out in Joshua Tree. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a lot of this work in person, which I I like fought. I went back and forth and my guys and my highest self is just like, just do it like trust. Um, so we'll take the precautions, especially with like COVID and also like you have massive amounts of power and healing ability. Um, and also I think that we need to see each other. Like so many of us are craving an in-person experience. So right now I only have one-on-one coaching open and those are six month containers, um, where you also get a VIP day with me in Florida. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and then there's the retreat and then January twenty twenty one, I'm opening up um like Reiki attunement and other offerings. So um I'm kind of ending the year where I can just like be and receive and um not hustle and uh spend a lot of time with my baby and my
1: family and just be in that energy and frequency. I love that. Well, where can they find you um, if they want to just follow along or be in your energy? Um, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah, I just realized I didn't answer
3: your question, but yes, I work with gender identified women, um, mother or not mother. Um and a lot of times it, it's a lot, I would say for the most part, like 90% of my clientele are business owners or women in the online space. Um And where you can find me, I hang out mostly on Instagram at laurenmegan.co. My website is www.laurenmegan.com. And my podcast is The Lauren Megan Show. So just search Lauren Megan and you'll find me.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. We really appreciate it. I think um, our audience is going to love it. It's definitely, um, some very empowered females. So they're, we're all about healing and, you know, digging deep and, and not just kind of always feeling positive so that, you know, you can kind of break through some of that and feel lighter and more empowered on the other side. So I think they're going to appreciate a lot of it, but, um, you guys should definitely check Lauren out and, and get in on some of those offerings. She looks, sounds like she has a little bit for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you well, so much. Yeah, no, thank you. We appreciate it. And um, we can't wait to see what 21, 2021 brings you. And uh, maybe we'll do a, a part two on your, your next. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll definitely be following along. Yeah, on your next journey. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. Have a good day. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Cosmic Road Trip Podcast. If you like this episode, we would love for you to leave us a five-star review and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. After all, like energy attracts like energy, so keep the good vibes coming.